This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, birds do it, snakes do it, we do it. We're talking about yawning. Yawning is so contagious that anything associated with it will cause a yawn, both observing someone else yawn or simply talking about it. The search for the purpose of yawning when Radio Health Journal returns. Life can get busy and the need to stay connected can be overwhelming. But when we're in our cars, the focus should be on the task at hand, driving. Hi, I'm Debbie Herzman, president of the National Safety Council, and this is your Safety Minute. It's tempting to use the commute to catch up with friends and family, but the consequences can be deadly. Being an attentive driver is simple. First, put away the phone when you get in your car and make sure music and directions are set before you drive. Remember, hands-free is not risk-free. Bluetooth isn't as safe as it seems. Studies show that distraction persists up to 27 seconds after you hang up. And don't forget to look out for bicycles, motorcycles, and pedestrians who can appear suddenly. Be an attentive driver and help make the roads safer for everyone. Safety Minute is brought to you by the National Safety Council and Volkswagen Group of America. Everybody yawns. We do it multiple times every day when we're sleepy, just waking up, or bored. We yawn when we see somebody else yawn. We yawn when we read about yawning. In fact, the odds are pretty good you may be yawning soon simply because you're hearing us talk about it. Yet while yawning is one of those things everybody does, nobody knows why. Yawning feels good when we do it. People uh, report that yawning on a 1 to 10 scale rates about an 8.5, which was pretty impressive. So people enjoy yawning, whether it's good for them or not. Dr. Robert Provine is professor of psychology at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He studied yawning for more than 30 years and is author of the new book, Curious Behavior, Yawning, Laughing, Hiccuping, and Beyond. The actual yawn lasts the average of six seconds. They can be a little shorter and sometimes much longer. But everyone yawns in pretty much the same way. One of the typical characteristics of the yawning is the gaping mouth, the squinting of the eyes, the tilting back of the head, and there's often stretching movements of other body parts. So a yawn is a very vigorous behavior that involves a lot of different parts of the body. So like a total body stretch that focuses on the face. Yawning includes two primary components. That is the deep inhalation of air that accompanies the yawn and the strong stretching of the jaw and gaping of the jaw that occurs. That's Dr. Andrew Gallup, assistant professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Oneonta, who also conducted extensive research into yawning. In particular, this gaping of the jaw, stretching of the jaw, promotes an increase in cerebral blood flow. So basically stretching increases circulation, and stretching of the skull is going to increase circulation to the skull. Yawning being a major, powerful, vigorous activity is causing a lot of things to happen in our body. Blood pressures going up, heart rates going up, intracranial pressures going up. It causes an opening of the eustachian tubes that's helpful in clearing the ears, uh, for example, when you're descending in an aircraft. Or for that matter, if you're descending while scuba diving. So yawning is a powerful behavior that's having a lot of different effects. Still, experts aren't sure why we yawn. And we can't really look at the triggers for yawning either because there are so many of them. We do yawn a lot when we are sleepy. Folklore is correct there. We yawn the most after waking in the morning and before bedtime in the evening. 
we yawn more when we're bored than when we're alert. But sometimes we'll yawn a lot even when we're excited, such as athletes before a big event, a musician going out to play a concerto with an orchestra. These individuals certainly aren't bored. Provine says virtually all animals with a backbone yawn, from birds to snakes to humans. However, among people, yawning is incredibly contagious. In fact, yawning is so contagious that anything associated with it will cause a yawn, both observing someone else yawn or simply talking about it. So talking about yawning or even thinking about or reading about yawning will trigger yawns. A lot of people have heard that we yawn to make up an oxygen deficit. Makes sense because we inhale deeply when we yawn, but Provine's proven that that's false. People 100% oxygen to breathe, they don't yawn less. If you give them enhanced levels of carbon dioxide, they don't yawn more. So that's part of the folklore that we can dispose of. Some other functions that have been suggested is that yawning is a brain cooling maneuver. And there's some evidence for that. We seem to yawn more in the summer than in the winter or going from a cool area to a warmer area. So maybe uh, yawning is a kind of air conditioning maneuver for the brain. Gallup has done a lot of the work in this area. He says studies are piling up behind the theory that yawning could be part of the brain's cooling system. In particular, one has tried to manipulate brain temperature by having participants apply either warm packs or cold packs to their forehead while watching contagious yawning videos. Interestingly enough, when participants hold cold packs to their forehead, yawning is completely diminished. However, when participants hold warm packs to their forehead, indirectly altering the temperature of their brain, they yawn at a significantly higher level. In other studies, Gallup has implanted temperature probes into the brains of rats to constantly record temperature changes. What we found is that leading up to yawns, there's a striking rise in brain temperature that occurs about 60 seconds before the yawn is initiated, which amounts to about an increase of 0.1 degrees Celsius in brain temperature. And while that seems rather slight, it actually accounts for over 25% of the variation in brain temperature that occurs throughout the entire day. Immediately following that yawn, that peak or crest in temperature, following the yawn, we see a corresponding decline in temperature back to baseline level. So does that mean our brains get overheated when we're tired or when we're waking up in the morning? Gallup says yes. Peak yawning occurs shortly after waking and before we go to sleep in the evening. In fact, most yawns occur in the evening before we go to sleep, but there's also a rise in yawning shortly after we wake. And it turns out that these correspond with changes in brain and body temperature, these periods. In particular, in the evening, before we go to sleep, brain and body temperatures are often at a relatively high point during the circadian rhythm. And following sleep onset, we see the decline in brain and body temperature. And in fact, while we're sleeping, our brain and body temperatures are at their lowest point across the 24-hour cycle. Shortly after we wake, we see quite a striking rise in brain and body temperature that coincides with this elevated yawning frequency as well. The findings about why we yawn may serve as more than a curiosity. Gallup says they may also have medical uses. Some conditions, such as multiple sclerosis and epilepsy, often include an inability to regulate temperature, so they're prone to yawning. Frequent yawning could be used as a diagnostic indicator of thermoregulatory dysfunction or medical problems. 
if it occurs in the absence of sleep problems or sleep deprivation. So that if you notice yourself yawning frequently, that might actually be a sign of something that you might want to bring up to your physician and get it checked out or looked into. Gallup says yawns are a physiological response that we can't control. So if you think someone else is yawning out of boredom, think again. Any number of triggers can create an irresistible urge to yawn. In fact, Provine and Gallup say it's likely you've yawned a few times listening to us talk about it. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment. Chronic pain affects almost 20% of adults. However, for some patients with what's called complex regional pain syndrome of the lower limbs, traditional treatment may not provide relief. But now a new therapy from St. Jude Medical may help. This new therapy stimulates a dorsal root ganglion, or DRG, a cluster of nerve cells in the spinal column that transmit pain signals to the brain. Dr. Rick Patience of Newport Beach Headache and Pain says it can be highly effective. DRG therapy can be precisely targeted to specific anatomic locations in the body where pain occurs. The accurate clinical studies showed that 74% of DRG patients achieved that treatment success at 12 months. To learn more and to find a specialist in your area, visit sjm.com pain. That's sjm.com pain. Implementation of a neurostimulation system can involve risk, such as painful stimulation, loss of pain relief, and surgical risk during the implementation procedure, such as paralysis. Patients should talk to their physician to determine if DRG therapy is right for them. Medical Notes this week. A lot of environmental regulations are aimed at reducing carbon dioxide emissions, but experts say to stop global warming, we'll have to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Now scientists at Oak Ridge National Laboratory say they've developed a process to do just that. Using a catalyst made of carbon, copper, and nitrogen, plus some electric current, the researchers were able to turn carbon dioxide into ethanol. They describe the process as turning combustion backwards. About 16 million people in the United States have had laser vision correction, and most of them apparently like the results. A study in the journal Ophthalmology shows that 97% of contact lens users who then had LASIK are happier with their vision a year after surgery. And researchers say those people are even more happy with LASIK after three years. That compares to a similar group of people who continue to wear contacts and whose satisfaction declined over the same time. And finally, these days when you don't feel well, your first impulse is to probably check your symptoms on the internet. But a new study in the journal JAMA Internal Medicine shows that online symptom checkers are a lot less accurate than real doctors in making a correct diagnosis. Researchers created about four dozen hypothetical patients complete with a medical history and symptoms. Online symptom checkers came up with the right diagnosis only about a third of the time. Doctors were right more than twice as often before they ran a single test. And that's Medical Notes this week. More in a moment. The fall and holiday season offers many opportunities to enjoy the company of family and friends, as well as indulgent, special occasion food. Yet too many big meals and sweet snacks can start to take their toll, from zapping our energy to causing weight gain. Registered dietitian, award-winning author, and television cooking show host Ellie Krieger has some advice. Before heading out to a party, enjoy a healthy snack with fresh California grapes so that you don't arrive hungry. Consider bringing a bowl of grapes to the buffet table to provide a fresh option to more indulgent party food. Be selective when you do indulge and make sure it is truly 
fabulous. Grapes from California are also a natural source of antioxidants and other polyphenols and may contribute to heart health. With just 90 calories for a three-quarter cup serving, no fat or cholesterol, and virtually no sodium, fresh grapes are a smart choice. For more information, visit grapesfromcalifornia.com. Everyone who exercises has their own motivation and goals, and Alabama resident Gay Rogers is no different. Gay's determination restored her ability to walk again after both a disease and infection threatened her life. Her fitness training gave her the strength and stability to walk and even use the elliptical with her prosthetic legs. An inspiration to millions, Gay was voted the winner of the 2016 Silver Sneakers Richard L. Swanson Inspiration Award. No matter what your motivation to exercise is, Silver Sneakers offers these tips. Find a workout partner to force you out of your comfort zone and keep you accountable. Create a new playlist of your favorite music. Try new things like a dance class, biking, or swimming to keep your workout fresh. And set a goal to keep you on track through any bumps in the road. Silver Sneakers has supported millions of individuals across the nation to do all of that and more. Silver Sneakers Fitness has a variety of offerings both in and out of the gym, from weights and yoga to hiking and dance, to help older Americans maximize their health and maintain their lifestyle. Find out more at silversneakers.com. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTrax Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.